should I, well, should I restart recording? I'm, <laughs> I'm starting recording now. That sounds like the kind of thing I would be super into for like a week and a half, and then I get bored and just forget about it for that's, the rest of the season. That's what I think is yeah. is going to happen. Is like like that, I'm super that, energized about it right now. But. And that usually happens to me just with regular fantasy leagues. Like we'll get together uh, and usually we do like this big draft party. So I have everybody over, you know, order pizza, have have, you know, games going on and then do the draft together. And I'd get like super into it for like two weeks and then we just I'd forget about it. Usually because I was doing really badly. Uh, this year is actually different because like I'm actually winning. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, compared to the two co-hosts of this podcast, <laughs> Anthony, who are I do have not to, doing so well I, on the network fantasy <laughs> football team. I do have to thank you, Anthony, because with your win tonight, I have clinched a playoff spot. I, I would have had to dude. wait until next week. So this was uh, if I if I win the trophy, we'll share it. <laughs> my team, my team murdered out this week. Austin Eckler came back. Thank goodness, and that. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but yeah, it's, oh, here, here's my other thing. Um, and we're, we're just go. Do we even want to intro the show or do these blitz episodes? Hey, welcome to the Q4 podcast. We lost last week's episode. So we're redoing our concept that no one knew about. Uh, it's Monday. It's the Eagles Seahawks trash fire of a football game is happening in the background. Welcome to the Q4 podcast, your favorite podcast hosted by three people who uh, at this point in time have really nothing better to do on a Monday night than talk about sports. It's either this or watch a sad Eagles game. Let's dive in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And this is definitely the better option. So, oh yeah, without, without a doubt. So I was just trudging around on the old Snapchat the other day and uh, (laughs) I I saw this, uh, this story of this girl I used to work with at Dairy Queen. So when I was in high school, I worked at Dairy Queen for a year and a half. And um, <laughs> she posted a video of this humongous fire. Like it was it was like a campfire, like a bonfire, but it was huge. And I was like, oh my God, that's, they're burning a couch. And so I, I messaged her. And I was like, are you burning a couch? And she's like, yeah, my boyfriend burns a couch every year. And I was like, <laughs> Welcome to the Q4 podcast. It's <laughs> just wait, like wait, oh, okay. I have a couple questions. Yes. I have a couple questions. So here. many questions. One, I I also have burned a couch in the past. Okay, my family had an old couch. We got rid of it, and we're like, we're in the middle of nowhere in Malacca. What are we supposed to do with this couch? We took it out back and we burned it. But my question is, he does this every year. I, I didn't get <laughs> one. One, where is he getting the couches? (laughs) And two, for what reason is he burning them? I, I, I was like, I said that same thing. I was like, why does he burn a couch every year? And I don't remember what she responded. I think I was just so, I was so like dazed over the the fact that someone was burning a couch. And I was like, it's because he has a podcast that got over twenty listens on one episode. (laughs) Must. Every year. He he is the <laughs> man who has been burning the couches for us. As soon as we made that bet and we had an episode that got 20, 20 listens, he had this urge in the back of his mind that was activated that he needed to burn a couch. He's the one who started the East Lansing uh, uh, couch fires. So, yeah, I don't know why or what the reasoning is. I didn't get any of that, but I don't really care because it, I thought it was hilarious that... 
I, I just like I would have never thought of it. But then after we had we made that podcast like freaking two years ago, two or three years ago, talked about couch burning. That was just so funny to me. OK, here's here's something. If we as a podcast ever get to the point where we do a live recording. Do we burn a couch? Yes, we have to. Think, at the recording. There's an we obvious to. answer to that question, right? Yeah, that's what I figured, but just had to had to confirm. Oh yeah. So we bring it into whatever Buffalo Wild Wings establishment <laughs> we are recording this podcast in. We put it in the middle of the room and we just like we we don't we don't start a blaze. We just kind of light a corner of it. <laughs> and then we just start recording. And as the night goes on, just like a nice dinner candle, the couch is slowly burnt up in the middle of the Buffalo Wild Wings. If it burns too quickly, are we going to have backup couches that we just keep adding to the pile until the show is over? Or once it burns out, do we just end the episode? I feel, I yeah, feel like our episode will, I, that, that'll be the timer for the because we won't have like, I won't have the computer screen in front of me telling me how long we've been recording. So I'm uh, I mean, I probably will because we'll need a computer <laughs> yeah. to record on. But, but I'm going to use that as my excuse. We're going to record until the couch is done. Uh, hey, I like that. And then we're going to eat wings. That sounds. Where do Hashtag I sign up for that? It wing. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Also, uh, if, uh, if I can take us in a, a different direction here, I was. Do it. Um, Blitz episode. Let's go. Just going through uh, my weekly football thoughts as I'm watching football on Sunday. Uh, one, can you remember the last head coach who retired in wake of the Matt Patricia firing? Just like who is the last coach who quit of his own accord and didn't get fired because he just sucked at his job? It's probably Bill Parcells. John Fox. That's it. Oh, wait, do you know the uh, answer or are you? Just I know I, I, I am legitimately. Okay. Asking, I I have no idea. I gosh, I can't think of like I, I can count on one hand, the number of coaches I know who have just retired instead of been fired, and that hand is forming a fist because I can't think of hey, any. To to be fair, I did just Google last NFL coach to retire, and Bill Parcells Wikipedia came up. So I'm gonna count. Has that it as, been that long since a coach wasn't fired? Well, Tony Dungy. Yeah, Tony Dungy, John Fox. Um, and obviously you can go through, uh, well, even then, like some of the great NFL head coaches like Tom Landry, the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones went and fired him. Um, so yeah, just. <laughs> of course, Jerry. I mean, that was when he hired Jimmy Johnson. And we went on to win Super Bowls. So that was that was the last uh, it was it was not a popular decision, but it worked. Um, but yeah, it was just. And so this leads into my next question, then, of all the garbage that is going on in the NFL right now, of all the people who are losing their jobs right now because their teams are bad. How in the heckin' world does Adam Gase still have a job? That is there's something going on there. Like there needs to be an investigation there. I'm not even joking. Like how. How is that even possible? The New York Jets are committed to being the worst team they can be. It's it's ridiculous. Like, there's something, it sketches me out. Like, Adam Gase has someone's loved one, like, in his basement or something. Because there's, <laughs> there's no way that he should have, he shouldn't even be allowed 
to clean the towels of a football team at the moment. Like, he has been so piss poor. I think part of the problem with Adam Gase is the teams he has been hired by are teams that no coach who is respectable and wants to win in their right mind would go to. (laughs) Do you think there is a coach out there if the New York Jets walked into their office and said, we will give you blank amount of money to come and coach for us? You know what the response was? There are two possible responses to this. One, get out of my office or I will call security. (laughs) Two, you can't afford me. Because in order to coach for the New York Jets, I will need to make at least $500 million a year. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. The, The amount of, like, the... A coach, if they are going to the New York Jets, either has to be okay with the fact that, A, they do not currently have a career and the only way they can go is up, or B, they have to be okay with the fact that their career is practically over. I mean, you you also have to think, like, he's... He was... The reason he got it is because he was undeserving of getting it somewhere else, right? Yeah, like he, that's the Jets don't hire someone that is in competition. Like we have seen what happens when players have competition from other teams. When Kirk Cousins comes to Minnesota for five million dollars less per year, when Anthony Barr resigns for less money with the Vikings after making the determination that he was going to go play for the Jets. And the Vikings aren't the only team to have taken people from the Jets for less money because no one wants to play for that organization (laughs) and no one wants to coach for that organization because it's a broken, broken program. Yeah, I, I'm, here's, here's my, here's my thought about the Jets, right? I think in, in two years, I think I'm going to become a Jets fan just because (laughs) the amount of satisfaction to see a team go probably 0-16 compared to a team that did go 0-16 a couple years ago. And to know for a fact, as we're sitting here on November 30th, that the Browns will have at least 500 record, at least a 500 record, is is so satisfying to me. Because it's like, yes, like, like, oh, they're so bad. So you're starting the New York Jets bandwagon right now. Well, are, what I'm saying is in the f- founding in two member years of when New York Jets bandwagon established <laughs> when they have, November 30th, 2020. When they have way too much hype for about to go like 3 and 15. Well, that's impossible. Like 3 and 13. Um, <laughs> no, they're so bad they get two extra losses. <laughs> then, then I'll jump on their bandwagon. But for right now, they still suck and I don't want to. Well, be and that's with the them. thing too. Like. Adam Gase, yes, should go. But also, what if Adam Gase is the best that the New York Jets can do? They are such a dysfunctional organization right now, hemorrhaging talent. Uh, Adam Gase is actually making their quarterback worse right now. When you fire Adam Gase, TJ, you asked the question earlier, like, who do you bring in? Who is going to be able to fix that organization? I don't think even if you were able to get Bill Belichick to go there, I don't think he would be able to fix that organization single-handedly. It's going to take a massive overhaul to get that organization back to being anything even resembling a credible football team, much less a successful one. Yeah, something major needs to happen. I think you hit on the big problem for the Jets is that no one wants to be there. The Browns bounced because the Browns were okay 
and then they got bad and they got really bad. But when they got really bad, they cleaned house and they brought in some talent and some talent that stuck with them through being really bad. No one wants to play for the Jets. Every person that is there is looking for a way out. No one wants to go to the Jets. Every person that gets an offer takes less money to go somewhere else. <laughs> I think that's no so funny. No one wants to be there. I, I love that. I think that that is so funny. I think that's hilarious to me. I but, also get so sad because I remember every once in a while that uh, the Jets claimed Pat Elfline off of waivers. And our boy Pat deserves yeah. more better than that. Yeah, he deserves so much more. <laughs> Do you think, like, when... So, a couple years ago, when Zach Levine, an NBA player, got drafted by the Timberwolves, there was a camera on him as soon as they called his name, and he's mouthing the words, O-F. <laughs> like, do you think that that's what someone like Pat Elfline feels like when he gets that call? He's like, yep, you know, from his agent, yep, uh, you just got signed to the New York Jets for this much. He's just like, oh, no. Like, are you, oh, I would, like, do you think he contemplates retirement at that point? Or just go, Honestly, you know I think you have to. <laughs> because he could do nothing about that. It's not like he was a free agent and chose to go to New York and play there. No, he was claimed off of waivers. There was nothing he could do. That was just the structure of the NFL. And they're like, yep, yeah, this guy can help us. Uh, 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 barely above average guard is going to save our season. And they're just damning Pat Elfline to whatever punishment that playing on the New York Jets is. It, it's bad. I've New, New Jersey. That's what they're condemning. <laughs> I don't know. They just need they need like a rebranding or something. Why does New York have two football teams? They don't deserve... Why do no, they, they both play in New Jersey? Look at New, New, York, New York sports. Yeah, New York how, does how, not have two football teams, Anthony. Let's be first. They have the New York Jet, uh, Giants, well, uh, an actual football true. team, and then whoever, the Jets, whatever you can call them. They're, they're not true. a football team. And New York, New York State has three football teams. Right. With, with One the almighty led by a man who <laughs> has a very inaccurate tank cannon for a hand. <laughs> Are we but still least, on this whole Josh Allen two, debate? <laughs> Let's not go yeah, down this Yeah, we're still on the whole Josh Allen debate. That will come yeah. back. Um, are, are they the... I mean, how, does New, how is New York so bad at sports? They're the only teams I can think of, So, and I'm probably going to fall on my face here, but um, the Brooklyn Nets for the NBA will be contenders this year. They'll be really good. The Buffalo Bills are the best football team in New York right now like who the, are not hard are the islanders good? really not hard are yeah the, the knicks good. are booty gather, the mets are I, booty i don't know if i got 15 people together 15 just nondescript regular people we could be a better sports team at most sports <laughs> than any team in new york i think that's a totally fair claim i agree <laughs> I think it's a rule that for all New York teams, they ha they cannot have two teams in one sport be good at the same time. It has to be one or the other. And so I'm betting that we could go in there and play better than at least half of all the sports teams in New York right now. Again, I think that's totally fair. I just find it so interesting how sports are totally 
it's like i bet there is something to it but it's almost so random like look at somewhere like boston who over the last 20 years has been winning everything and just pissing everyone off in the process constantly and then you look at every anytime i hear boston in a sentence i get yeah mad. like who literally who likes boston other than people from boston because <laughs> i honestly don't think it exists like my uncle is from boston and they're red sox fans and they're like kind of like partial red sox fans. like they're not like super diehard red sox fans but that like i'll allow that because he's actually from the east coast there, there's but, a reason for their fandom but the people who are like live in minnesota like we went to at st thomas i feel like there was a really weird some super specific niche of people who really liked boston sports but were from edina yeah, and it was the, like what like you were from edina do we need to hate you even more than we already do like <laughs> the most feedback i ever got on an article I wrote for Tommy Media was kind of a tongue-in-cheek opinion piece that I did uh, senior year of, of college. It was the Patriots and the Rams in the Super Bowl. And I was just kind of mad because I hate both of those teams. Um, <laughs> and so I just, I wrote a, a kind of a, kind of a joke opinion piece say the, the headline was uh, making a case against the Super Bowl. And I basically just outlined like, yeah, both these teams kind of suck. You shouldn't watch the Super Bowl. And it, it ended with me saying, yeah, I'm going to watch it anyway, but you can be better than me and don't do it. Um, but I got so many, I, I say so many comments, it's probably like eight or nine, which is far more than <laughs> I had ever gotten for anything else uh, from people just saying like, bro, why are you hating on the Patriots so much? It's like, why aren't you hating on the yeah. Patriots so much right now? Like they deserve this right now. And then I did get one person, a poor guy. I, I don't know if he was from St. Louis or Los Angeles. I think it was from St. Louis. Um, I'd never met him before. He was like, yeah. Rams suck. I'm like, dude, I feel you. I, I'm commiserated. <laughs> we are connecting here on a spiritual level. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I, just, I, I don't understand why there were so many people at St. Thomas who liked New England sports. There was also like an annoying amount of people who liked Chicago sports. Like the year that the uh, Cubs won the World Series, like there was an annoying amount of Cubs fans oh, there. God. That's I, I almost don't care at all about hockey like there's a there's a <laughs> tiny piece of me that cares about hockey but here's i hate the blackhawks so much good. I, it's just like good. they're just so like it's because of the fans they're they're to me they're a boston team where it's like oh yeah like oh i'm a huge patriots fan no you're not dude you're actually not a huge patriots fan like i guarantee you this year they're not parading around in their freaking jerseys yeah like not even cam Newton. they're not even per, like i'm trying to think of someone who's they're not parading around in their rex burkhead jerseys you know <laughs> like they're not a diehard patriots fan i don't want to hear that because they're just there when it's good so that ugh. man you're just like you're just you're just coming after them right now aren't you well this is a, a big yeah, st louis chicago rivalry is kind of a thing um yeah, I, I did not expect to get this um, mad tonight. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I didn't, <laughs> didn't expect tonight's episode to just be a half hour of Noah <laughs> ripping on Boston and Chicago, two great bands from the 70s. That is uh, Chicago's not that good of a band. 
Oh, okay. Okay. You get oh, out boy. of here. Okay. Okay. Oh, boy. I know we were just having some fun, but Anthony, those are fighting words. I'm going to come up there right now and kick your ass. <laughs> okay. I I know better that than back. that, Noah. You I know that better than that. Come on. Okay. I, I know not to Yet hit you that, s- to strike that nerve with you. But you, you still did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> to shift things back to a sports focus so have, we don't pick another city to enrage I, I did, by I did come back saying to this. terrible things about that. I, I did want to come back to this, TJ, the, the Josh Allen debate. I, I do have, I have prepared a list of my top five quarterbacks from this season. I, I want to see if you guys agree with this I list. I know what this list is going to be. I know what's coming. You have Josh Allen at number one. Yeah, Baker yep. Mayfield at number two. <laughs> Josh Allen, but he's throwing left-handed at number three. <laughs> Gardner Minshew's mustache at number four. And Garrett Gilbert at number five. Uh, oh, my God. And then I think whoever that, like, scout team wide receiver who played for the Broncos is number six. Yeah, uh, what was it? Kendall Hinton was his name? <laughs> Something like that. Oh, my God. Actually, yeah, he, he vaults up to the spot, so we can... Uh, I don't. Do we replace Garrett Gilbert on that list, or do we replace? Uh, I don't know. I think if we go Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew's mustache, Garrett Gilbert, and Kendall Hinton, that, yeah, that's a good that's... good top five list right there. <laughs> with uh, left-handed Josh Allen as an honorable mention. <laughs> isn't that crazy, TJ? I know you're going to take us in another direction, but isn't that crazy <laughs> that? <laughs> the Broncos literally didn't have a quarterback. I honestly feel so bad for Kendall Hinton, like. Has oh. not played a single snap. What a way to make an entrance into the yeah. league. Yeah. Here's the meat grinder, kid. And honestly, like, that is a story he will be able to tell everybody. It's like, hey, yeah, I played a quarterback in the NFL. I didn't do a very good job and at now, it. But. Kendall Hinton did score as many points against the Saints as Tom Brady did earlier this season. Hey. So he might be a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> so are we sound- saying that Kendall Hinton... Has leapfrogged Tom I'm, Brady for the I'm, goat debate. I'm putting Kendall Hinton at my number one quarterback in the NFL. I think it's justified. Um, my my other direction I was going to take it. Speaking of quarterbacks, how, 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 how does Cam Newton throw for 80 yards and two interceptions in a game? Oh, that's his final stat line. 80 yards, two interceptions. How do they win that game? Can I here's can I give you my answer that I don't I didn't watch a second I of the need game? Some sort of answer. So here's my here's my answer without knowing anything about it. I'm gonna say the reason is Bill Belichick. I don't like it, but it's probably true. Like name can you name three other head coaches that could have won that game. I mean, that's how... Even when Tom Brady was there, they would win games like that, where they would just have random things happen but and they would win. That's like, because, like, they... They had 192 yards of total offense. Cam Newton turned the ball over twice. They did not have a receiver... They had one receiver go over 50 yards. That was it. They had three receivers catch passes. I just... I. I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch the game, so I don't know. But it just how how and particularly against a high scoring offense such as the Cardinals. And so I think 
yeah, I, honestly, Bill Belichick. I mean, just th- getting his defense in a position to win such a disgusting game. I mean, that was ugh. Well, even like something that you you've always heard about Bill Belichick is he's he's going to take away your number one option. Like that's that's always what I've heard about. And I am not trying to say that I understand the strategy of football pretty much at all. Like I. I know the Madden amount. I don't know anything <laughs> past that. So, like, that's what I've always heard is he takes away your best option. And DeAndre Hopkins had five receptions for 55 yards. And then Kyler Murray even didn't throw for a touchdown. So, that... Bill Belichick actually walks into the opposing locker room before the game and just punches <laughs> your number one wide receiver really hard in the thigh <laughs> so they're just kind of limping yeah. around for the rest of the game and like it doesn't injure them so they don't make an injured list and no one thinks anything of it but for that game they're really taken out that's 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 a strategy literally take you just out. got a really good really good like dead leg punch they're just there's it's it's not even so much the injury itself but they just see Bill Belichick staring at them on the sideline and he's got a two by four and he's just kind of like hitting it in his palm. And like, his, <laughs> yeah, he, he, you know, <laughs> if you do anything against his team, you're going to get it after the game. It's coming, coming for your other leg. Yeah, also, I don't, I don't know. That's just here, ugly. Larry Fitzgerald was inactive for the game. What if the Cardinals offense just lost its juju? Because even though... Larry Fitzgerald has not had the best season statistically. He is just like the actual glue of this offense. He is the reason they are so good. And it's actually, he's not having a great season because defenses have to spend so much time on him that DeAndre Hopkins is actually their number two option behind the great Larry Fitzgerald. And I really hope okay, this is coming I across. I wouldn't doubt that his leadership on the field was missing. I wouldn't doubt that for a second, that that is a large part. And I hope that was coming across as mostly facetiousness because I... It was. Okay, because I do not believe that at all, but it's just... (laughs) But I believe Larry Fitzgerald is absolutely a leader on the field. There's no reason that a wide receiver of his caliber doesn't make an impact on the game. That sentence was a complete cluster. (laughs) I... I lost what I was thinking about halfway through it, <laughs> and I decided to just keep going, kind of like Cam Newton in charge of the New England offense. That should be yeah, the tagline um, for this show. <laughs> honestly, looked at Discord to see if I crashed or if Discord crashed. or I, No, my brain crashed. My brain crashed. It happens. It happens. It's late, um, dude. I was just... Welcome I just to the Q4 podcast because I was where our brains crash. Welcome to the Q4 podcast where our brains crash on a regular basis. <laughs> oh my gosh my second my second topic for tonight has to do with a team called the minnesota vikings all right a little team you may have heard of them we might have talked about them once or twice before um the minnesota vikings are currently five and six one game back from the arizona cardinals who lost that ugly ugly game to cam newton throwing less than a football field and two interceptions um the Vikings might, might, and I say this very, very tentatively, might make the playoffs this season because the Bears, we know the Bears ever since I said the Bears were good <laughs> when they were five and one, they have now lost five consecutive games, which 
goes to show you kids never make a claim about anything for any reason <laughs> ever. ever because the universe will just throw everything out the window to prove you wrong. So the Bears are going to finish at 5-11 and 11, <laughs> because why wouldn't they? Mitch Trubisky looks like a man who has stared into the void, saw the void stare back, and then pooped himself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's exactly what it's like. I hear that Lisa laughing good. in the background about that one. That is such I, a good <laughs> analogy. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Um, the Bears are going to finish 5-11. and 11. That's the main point here. Um, yeah, that's the a- Cardinals, who knows what the Cardinals... Cardinals could finish 11-5. and five. Uh, Cardinals could also finish mathematically anything between that and <laughs> yeah. 5-11 because that's how football works. Uh, I think they'll finish with a winning record, but I think the Vikings have a shot of winning at least one more game. And right now, right now, the Vikings, because the Vikings and the Cardinals do not play each other, they have to go off of shared matchups. The Vikings, if it goes to the end and the Vikings are tied with Arizona, they will have won more shared matchups and they will win the tiebreaker. So the Vikings have to win one more game than Arizona. And if Arizona plays like they did last night, that's going to be easy. And I know the Vikings barely eked out a win against the Carolina Panthers, who are okay. And I love Teddy, but the Panthers are okay. Let's say so in the five remaining games for the Vikings, they play the Jaguars, the Buccaneers, the Bears, the Saints, and the Lions. It is very easy to believe that they will win three of those games. I think you you can expect them to beat the Jaguars, the Bears, and the Lions. If they don't. I'm sorry. I don't think the Vikings deserve to make the playoffs. Um, Gosh, no, absolutely not. But they are also facing a tough task because the Cardinals play the Rams, the Giants, the Eagles, the injury riddled 49ers and the Rams again. Okay, well, we saw the 49ers beat the Rams yeah, so it, yesterday because the Niners are coming back. Their big pieces are coming back for them. But that's the thing. If, so I think that's a tougher matchup than the record would suggest. So I think that's also two losses for Arizona, which still puts the Vikes one back. But you never know. Yeah. And, and that's that. Like the Cardinals have been on a, I don't know, their offense has been really up until the last two weeks. Their offense has still been clicking. Um, but yeah, they, they just look in a funk. They were only able to put up 21 points on the Seahawks and only 17 on the Patriots. Granted, that's Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. Uh, and that was Pete Carroll's second time playing the Cardinals this season, so or coaching against the Cardinals this season. So we could chalk that up to great coaches doing what they do. Um, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's an uphill battle. But honestly, the best way for the Vikings to, to take care of it is hope the Cardinals lose one and just win out. <laughs> All I'm saying right now is that after this team started at one and five, and I was convinced that they might be the second worst team in football because I never had any doubt that the Jets were the number one worst team in football. That was that was a ringer from the get go. The Vikings were the second worst team in the league in week six. And right now I am 
working out in my mind the mathematical possibility of the Vikings making the playoffs, and it's not that far-fetched. And if the NFC standings were to stay as they were right now, except you flip Arizona and Minnesota, so that Minnesota are in the playoffs, they would be playing Green Bay. Oh, that'd be... That would be great. I would see, love that. Would your oh man? Unfortunately, it would be in Lambeau Field, so that 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 adds something to it. I think the only other, the only better situation you could hope for is for the Vikings to somehow leapfrog Tampa Bay, Los Angeles, and Arizona to get the fifth seed, so that you're playing whoever wins the NFC East. <laughs> i just here's here's my thing about i've always thought this i don't know why like i've always thought this about playoffs and tournaments and stuff i would love to be i would much rather be the team that's you know the fifth sixth seventh seed but coming in hot because you have literally nothing to lose like the vikings right now they're a team and i feel like kirk cousins is the the epitome of this is if there are expectations you will not meet them once you have given up expectations that is when they show up like kirk cousins i saw a thing on twitter there there's a chance that my guy and i am gonna unfairly call him my guy again after giving up on him two weeks ago i'm gonna say there's a chance my guy kirk cousins is the player of the month I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, I wanted to throw back a little bit to when <clears throat> two weeks ago, maybe maybe it was a little bit longer than that, an episode that aired two weeks ago. Uh, Anthony, you made the claim that you would, if given the opportunity, I think Noah, you agreed. I may have reluctantly agreed. Maybe we all agreed on this. That if given the opportunity to trade Kirk Cousins for Carson Wentz straight up, you would do it. Without any hesitation, I want you to think long <laughs> and hard about that. Let's. I. You know. There's no evidence being shown to me at the moment, so I'm just going to go ahead and say that. That. Do you want to go just listen to the last episode? No, you can I don't. do that. You have the ability. <laughs> I. So I don't think they're. I don't think they're too. <clears throat> I don't think they're too far off. Like we have to accept that recency bias is a thing, but. Kirk Cousins is doing the same thing he did last season in that he played really poorly for a few games. This this year, he played really poorly for about five or six games. And then everyone got really upset with him and said, Kirk Cousins, you're not a good quarterback. Kirk Cousins, you're bad at playing football. Why are you even on this team? Why are you being paid so much money? I would rather have a basketball hoop dressed like another quarterback playing quarterback for my team. Why are you here? And he saw this and he internalized it because you know Kirk doesn't get mad. I don't think he's capable of being mad. I think he's capable of throwing some ranch on a pizza at Pizza Ranch. I think that's about it. But when Kirk Cousins sees this, he internalizes it. He brings it in. And then he steps onto the football field and becomes a freaking madman. That's that's what I and do he remember. Goes off. That's what I remember from our podcast a couple weeks ago. I was saying that Kirk Cousins just needs to get doggone it, dang nabbit, pissed we off. Need angry Kirk. Yes. Angry Kirk is what got us last season. Agreed. 
And you, he, he cannot play if he is not motivated. He goes out there, he's like, all right, guys, let's have a good time. No, Kirk, you go out there because if you do not win this game, we will be so upset with you. <laughs> and he hears that and he says, okay, won't let you down. And then he throws for a quarterback rating of over 120. Dude, I'm... What? It's- he's In the last six games, he has thrown... 12 touchdowns, one interception. He's hot, dude. The man is a monster, a machine out there. And all it took was people to write mad tweets about him on Twitter. You you know what it is? That's all he needed. Go ahead, Noah. If I I could temper things here. First off, I still stand by the fact that I would take Carson Wentz over Kirk Cousins. Are you watching the game that's happening (laughs) right now? I am. I, I was Carson Wentz so, the, the, steps hey, back hey. in the pocket and throws a duck Let, every time. If I may finish, aside <laughs> no. from the Vikings win over the Packers at the beginning of the month, they have beaten the Lions pretty handily, thirty-four twenty. They have squeaked by against a floundering Bears team. They lost to the hapless Dallas Cowboys, and they barely eked out a win over the Carolina Panthers. A win is a win. I will say that. And I do believe that this Vikings team overall is playing much better football than it was at the beginning of the season. And Kirk Cousins playing well has to do with that. I still think the ceiling on Carson Wentz is higher than the ceiling on Kirk Cousins. And I think a lot of Carson Wentz's errant throws and kind of misfortunes uh, this year have to do with the talent or lack thereof around him. If you look at what Carson Wentz is doing in the football, he is playing like a man who has been beaten into the ground far too many times over the last year and a half. I mean, he that man is getting absolutely destroyed. His offensive line just up and died on him this year. All you have left is Jason Kelsey at center. And I'm sorry, you can't have a center. You know, you can't expect him to just like grab all four defensive linemen and just hold them there. And then if you look just kind of on the first couple of drives uh, of this Monday night football game between the Eagles and the Seahawks, there were a couple of throws that were not Carson Wentz's fault. They were well-placed throws. They were just dropped passes. And that is something that has been plaguing the Eagles for years, for years. And so ever since the Eagles Super Bowl run, Carson Wentz, yes, he has not looked like he has in that 2017 season where he was a candidate for an MVP. But a lot of that also has to do with just the supporting cast around him. Is he playing like a bad quarterback right now? Yes, but he is also playing like a quarterback who just does not have a supporting cast around him at this moment. Okay, I want you to take every criticism that you just said, and I want to repl- want you to, to imagine in your mind replacing Carson Wentz with Kirk Cousins. Okay? I want you to imagine that. Then I want you to realize that that is the criticism that has been leveled against Kirk yeah, Cousins but, uh, for most of his time in Minnesota un, and in Washington. Unfairly so, because you have, for the last few years, either Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen and Jeff- Justin Jefferson, and you have arguably the best running back in the NFL right now in Dalvin Cook. Okay, a couple stats for you. A couple stats for you. Carson Wentz has been sacked more on extended dropbacks than any quarterback in the league this year which means he is holding the ball for more than four seconds on these sacks. It's not necessarily his offensive line's fault on that one. And I want you to just, I'm not saying that Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins are better quarterbacks. I think they're about even. 
in terms of overall ability to play. But I want everyone out there to listen to the claims being leveled against Car- Carson Wentz right now. Oh, well, he's, he's a good quarterback, but he doesn't have an offensive line. He's a good quarterback, but he doesn't have a supporting cast. That I want you to remember about six weeks ago when it was Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback because he can't make plays. He can't make plays if his offensive line isn't playing well. I same thing. I think the difference. Same thing. I think the difference is that Kirk Cousins had somewhere to go with it. He just couldn't get it to that location. Like Carson Wentz literally has nowhere to go with it for for a long time this season he was missing his top three wide receivers his top two tight ends and his starting running back plus four out of his five starting offensive linemen two of the uh 11 starters to start the season have been there the entire time jason kelsey and carson wentz and i'm not saying that carson wentz is a far superior quarterback to kirk cousins right now and i'm not even saying he's playing better than Kirk Cousins right now. I'm just saying if circumstances were the same, Carson Wentz has a higher ceiling than Kirk Cousins. I would take Carson Wentz at this moment if he had a good just all things even Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz. They're playing for the exact same team, exact same talent level. I'm taking Carson Wentz. I don't, I don't think they're too, you know, far off from each other. And honestly, like if you literally copy pasted Carson Wentz into the Vikings right now, I feel like it would be similar if not better, but that at the end of the day, what does it suck that Carson Wentz has gone through everything he's gone through? Yeah. Well, whatever. Like that's life. Right. Suck it up. So, but, yeah. So like, of course, if there's an easy copy paste, then yeah, it's, you know, they're probably closer than they're producing right now. But I, I just want to get excited about, and, and I honestly, I'm going to turn this around and even say to Vikings fans as a collective, you're welcome for saying those things about Kirk because he is a weekly listener to our show and and he heard <laughs> me and he was dis- he was like you know what I Anthony's been with me through thick and thin and now he's sh- he's just kind of stomping on me and I you know I'm I don't want to take credit for all of the Viking success but I'm going to take credit for a good amount of it because I'm pretty sure I pissed off Kirk Cousins enough for him to start winning football games so that that's kind of where i want to bring us back to here is just i also want to i want to comment on (laughs) noah's other point from earlier if i'm sure moderator Uh, (laughs) owner of the podcast i i I know i know that the vikings have eked out wins against two okay teams and i know that maybe their win against the packers was a fluke but i also know that that is absolutely not the offense's fault I'm not the offense has been playing unreal. Dalvin Cook is that, leading the league in rushing yards and he's missed three games. Was, Kirk Cousins is leading the league in almost every statistical category in the last six weeks. It is not the offense's fault. And, so, and you making the claim that Kirk Cousins is not good because they barely I, eked out wins. I, I am not. That's not. I it. was not saying that. I was not saying that they're not good because they're eking out wins. I'm just saying it is not entirely Kirk Cousins doing that. He is single handedly dragging this team to these close wins. This is. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Dalvin oh, Cook that is single handedly exactly, dragging th- this team. That is the point I'm making. Dalvin wins. Cook is playing out of his mind. Adam Thielen and Justin oh, Jefferson yeah. are playing out of their minds. So the the main argument I'm trying to make here is that if you if Carson Wentz had the same level of consistency in the skill position players surrounding him and 
quite frankly, the same consistency that the Vikings offensive line has given Kirk Cousins. Granted, they haven't been great, but at least they've been there. <laughs> at least they've been able to stay on the field fairly consistently throughout the season. I'm saying if you give Carson Wentz that, Carson Wentz would be a better quarterback. He has more upside than Kirk Cousins. Okay. I don't think that's true, but I'll let you have that opinion. <laughs> can, can we talk? Can we talk about how flipping good Justin Jefferson has been, or not? I do we not want to talk about love that? Him okay, because he's so much. I think he is going to be a freaking star. He has been so oh good. Oh my this gosh! Year. Absolutely, absolutely. For a team. Did I lose you guys? Nope. Nope, we're here. I'm here. I just, okay, I just didn't right. know. I was so worried for a moment <laughs> because it felt like I was going to be talking over someone, but then I heard nothing. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> did, I, did I lose him? Um, <laughs> for a team that, coming into this offseason, Stephon Diggs left the team, right? And we were like, no, nah, there goes our, our wide receiver. There goes our big playmaker. We have one wide receiver, but we don't have anyone to compliment it because the, you know, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs worked so well because they were in tandem. You know, you couldn't guard them all. Uh, and we went into this season thinking we got Adam Thielen and we just have a rookie, you know, nothing special. He looks okay. The man is a magician. He, he will be a star like I'm not even going to like it's it's not I'm hearing a lot of oh he might be the next star wide receiver no he he is he already is and he will I was, I was about to say I think he already is I mean it, through his rookie season uh what were 11 games in so far he's on track for 1300 yards and almost 10 touchdowns <laughs> I mean he is on pace to meet and or exceed Randy Moss's rookie season yeah that's that's insane. That's wild. But also, he, I don't know. Like, the, Stephon Diggs is, is a diva. Like, he is, and we've talked about this before. I don't think Justin Jefferson is a diva. Like, Randy Moss was, was the queen of the divas. Like, he was the top. But also, he could back it up. And not to say Stephon Diggs can't, but... I just want Justin Jefferson to like flourish in our offense, like with Adam Thielen and being okay that he's not going to get uh, 17 targets a game. You know what I mean? Like he's, I hope he stays. I don't want to lose Justin Jefferson because he is going to be good. He's already good. He has the most receiving yards on our team. And granted Thielen's been hurt and has been in COVID protocol and stuff, but it's just, he is fun to watch. He, he's got something about him. He's not just out there. He's got something about him. If I could counter that point, obviously, yes, I want Justin Jefferson to stay here and be a Viking because he's great and he's fun to watch. But Justin Jefferson is very much a similar receiver to Stefan Diggs. Same personality, same kind of mentality. Stefan Diggs, yeah, he had a bit of a, uh, an ego about him, but I think you kind of have to, particularly to be an elite wide receiver in the NFL. I think Stefan Diggs backed up that attitude. And I, I'm not sure the, the locker room issues were as big of an issue uh, as the media like to make them uh, just because, I mean, particularly for, you know, uh, sports reporting and everything. Uh, when you get to slow weeks, I mean, you got to find anything to report a story on. You're on deadline. You got to get something going. 
And I think you want that mentality in your in your star wide receiver. You want your receiver to want 20 targets a game. You want him to be the go to guy. You want him to get the ball in clutch or you want him to want to get the ball in clutch situations because he thinks he's the best player on the field, because a lot of times that leads to people working like the best player on the field and then eventually becoming the best player on the field. So I think Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs are very similar players, both in in personality and style of play and as we saw with Stefan Diggs here, it works. It works really well, and it is incredibly fun to watch. And also, I think if we can just stop and appreciate Justin Jefferson, the season he's having, he's currently seventh in the NFL in receiving yards. Uh, and uh, he's one of three people in the top 10 receiving yards with uh, th- around 50 catches. So the plays that he's going for are huge plays. I mean, absolutely monstrous. He's averaging 17.7 yards per reception. He already has a 71-yard uh, touchdown. Uh, or sorry, excuse me, 71-yard reception. I can't remember if that went for a touchdown or not. Um, also, uh, kind of random, I just realized uh, the top two receivers in the league right now in terms of receiving yards both play for the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Uh, Tyreek Hill is over 1,000 yards. Travis Kelsey is at 978. Like, the, the Chiefs are just stupid good. It's Stupid. insane. It's unfair. The Chiefs unfair. forgot that Travis Kelsey played tight end. Yes. They actually Travis Kelsey. That's the thing, though. They they don't like if you look on a lot of plays, he's in there doing the tough grinding work. He's in there blocking. He's doing everything he can. But also they find time to get him out there catching, you know, 10, 15 uh, catches a game. And you know, I, I'm second. Uh, uh, sorry, ugh, can't talk right now. Uh, the second leading receiver in the NFL in terms of yards. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. Travis Kelsey is ridiculous. He is he is better than Gronk was, in my opinion, because like if you watch him, that dude doesn't come off the field. And he is literally like, I, I remember a specific play. It was like two weeks ago. He was, he was on the field and he was literally walking out of the huddle, just mouth to the floor, just gasping for air. And then he goes and he blocks. And then the next play, he's still gasping for air. And he goes out and, and just has like a 12 yard reception. It's just like, this dude doesn't stop. And there's no, you can't physically stop him. And then when you have the most dynamic wide receiver in the league with Tyreek Hill there and the most talented quarterback in the league, like, dude, the Chiefs are so flipping good. It's not even fair. Someday, someday that'll be the Vikes. Someday a team we root for will be good enough to warrant us saying, man, they're so good. Right now, it's Justin Jefferson. And it's Justin Jefferson and the, He's and really the Cleveland good. Browns. And Adam Thielen and Dalvin and the, Cook. I mean, and, Dalvin Cook. And the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I was going to say, don't and, don't you forget uh, about the Browns. No. Don't you forget about no. the 500-plus Browns, I'm going to forget about the Browns when they lose in the first round of the playoffs. All right? Because everyone knows that the <laughs> AFC team this year is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, well, that's the thing. If, is it? If the playoffs ended today, also, no. I think... Chiefs have a good chance of beating the Steelers. Uh, Chiefs are my legitimate Super Bowl pick this year. I think they just have too much firepower, and their defense is playing really well, too. Um, but if if the season ended today, the Browns would be the fifth seed. They'd be traveling to Buffalo to play the Bills. Oh, 
That I can't, my heart can't take that. I can't, that can't happen. Who do you want, Anthony? That can't happen. Do you want Josh Allen to tear the Browns apart? Or do you want Baker Mayfield? Uh, not Baker Mayfield. Not Baker Mayfield. Do you want the Browns defense to prove that Josh <laughs> Allen is just a load of garbage? Honestly, I think that might be the easiest matchup for the Browns, though, because if they fall to either the sixth or seventh seed, if they fall to the sixth, if playoffs ended today, they'd be playing the Titans. And if they fell to the seventh, they'd be playing the Chiefs. Well, I'd much rather play the Titans than the Bills. Really? Really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. yes. Because what planet have you been watching football from? The one from my sheltered love for Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I like I don't even want to think about that. Let's not worry about that. Watching everything through Josh Allen tinted glasses. I mean, here's the deal. Regardless of who they play, out of those three teams that you listed. It's going to be the last game of the season for the Browns. So I just want it to be. I think, I think the Bills, they have a decent chance against. I think the Brown or the, the, the Titans, I, don't, I, I guess the, the Bills or the Titans would probably be their best chance just because both teams have had a couple of games where they just do not look like good teams. Obviously, they're eight and three for a reason, and they are very good teams. But they've had a couple of games where like, huh, I thought they were better than that. And I think the Browns, you know, you might be able to take advantage of that. I think once you get to uh, Pittsburgh or Kansas City, I'm sorry, you're done. <laughs> I agree. You're just being ridiculous at that point if that's yeah. if you're hoping for that. Hey, it is 2020. It's true. Right. We've seen more ridiculous things. The Miami Dolphins have a winning record. The Miami Dolphins are seven and four right now. The Miami Dolphins have a better record. Uh than half of the teams in the NFC playoff picture right now. <laughs> That's first of all, that was really sad. Yeah. That sentence <laughs> just hurt me a little bit. <laughs> Secondly, it's 2020. Weirder things, weird things are happening all around I'm us. Still stand- the Browns might make a run all the way to the Super Bowl. You never know. I'm still standing by at Cowboys Browns Super Bowl. Here we go, baby. Uh, I'm here for it, man. The fact that that's mathematically possible right now with the season that the Cowboys have yes. had is frustrating yeah, to me. It's, it's sad. It's real sad. I think they need to re- that. redraw the lines, maybe, <laughs> the divisional lines. When the Cowboys make the playoffs, they redraw the bracket. So the Cowboys actually, they have a bye all the way until September of next year where they start the regular season again. <laughs> hashtag Romo 2020, hashtag Go Browns, hashtag Teddy Got Signed, hashtag Spoof for Boof, hashtag Kevin, hashtag Jolt the Bolts, hashtag Cobb Bostas, hashtag Kiss Carter, hashtag Plug Me In, hashtag Heck Off Stan, hashtag WTFWFT, hashtag Bill the Pumo, hashtag It Wing, hashtag Kachow, hashtag Hire Jacob Schneider. Plug Me In. <laughs> Never fails to get me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh wow. gosh. This was supposed Love to it. be a, uh, a half hour episode, but we went a little long. Thanks for sticking around. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Offside SN. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Offside Sports Network. We have a website, offsidesportsota.com. I need to update that because <laughs> I haven't posted on it in a while. I haven't put our episodes up there. Um, uh, from all of us here at Q4 Podcast at the Outside Sports Network. Thanks 